Well, we've been talking about this today because he is uh, the most important bureaucrat in the country. Nothing happens in Ottawa. Nothing happens in politics, certainly not with the governing party without Mike Warniak knowing exactly what is happening. But he's a guy who's supposed to be totally nonpartisan. He's supposed to be like vanilla ice cream. But today, this pencil pusher, most people have never heard of. I mean, he unleashed with comments about, you know, rhetoric and politics and how it could lead to assassinations. I mean, it was it was over the top. And it had zero, zero, zero to do with why he was being called to testify. I mean, it was it was staggering. And I think it's important to point out that, in fact, for those asking about the independence of the Privy Council, it was just last week that a judge overseeing the Mark Norman case, the other case where this government is alleged to have interfered. But in that courtroom last week in Ottawa, the defense for Mark Norman accused the Crown of strategizing with the Privy Council and calling it, you know, political interference more concerning than the criminal prosecution of SNC-Lavalin. And the judge questioned just how independent are they? So, you know, are they? Because it didn't sound like it today. But we did learn today that Mr. Warniak confirmed there were three meetings with Jody Wilson-Raybould. He attended at least a couple of those meetings. He admitted there was pressure. He just said it was never inappropriate. So he threw under the bus. I mean, he did not use that word. He sure made it clear that this person who he knows quite well worked for 15 years with, well, she was wrong. She wasn't pressured ever. And of course, that Globe and Mail article written by Bob Fife, not true. They got it wrong, all of it. Even though no one's suing or apologizing or retracting and Gerald Butts quit. It's wrong. To suggest that... uh, his testimony today raised a few eyebrows. Yeah, just a few. Let's bring uh, Jason Leiter into this uh, conversation. He, of course, is with uh, Enterprise, president of our Enterprise, but has a whole lot of political experience, uh, worked for Queen's Park, uh, Mike Harris days, and in the Stephen Harper days. So he knows the ins and outs of how politics works and how issues and crisis management works. He joins us now. Jason, you worked with uh, the prime minister, the previous prime minister, and one of the things about Stephen Harper, he always believed that the public sector was partisan. And yeah. I'm not sure that today did uh, did that, um, you know, belief any favor. What was your reaction to Mr. Warniak's uh, testimony? I have to say I was baffled by what I saw today. And uh, and I'm not trying to be difficult or hard on on Michael Warniak. I mean, I, I I didn't I don't know the guy. He's got a great reputation. What I saw today was a baffling display. It seemed partisan from sort of start to finish. He used the exact same words and adjectives the Trudeau government uses to describe itself. And and the fundamental sort of uh, value proposition for the public service has to be, if there were an election tomorrow and government changed over, that government would be sort of comfortable with you advising it and working through the next little bit. Even the clerk should probably be able to transition. And most of the clerks, by the way, mm-hmm. do transition for quite some time. Janice Charette transitioned for a while. You know, uh, Mike Wayne Wooters, all these people. This guy made himself impossible 
for a conservative or, I guess, NDP government to actually employ as the clerk the way he came off today. And I think that's it's, it's uh, really, really, really bad for the public service. And I respect the public service greatly. I, there's so many good public servants. And I think a lot of the ones that I know would be sort of, uh, you know, sort of really embarrassed about what happened today, to be honest. Well, unless you're a liberal, because they were pretty pleased with themselves, because it was a troublesome day. But I want to I want to talk about the one comment that I kind of f- almost fell off my chair on, and that was the opening, um, where he he kind of starts talking about assassinations and people are going to get shot and the division. I don't even understand why he did that. It to me, it seemed completely out of line. I, I just I, l- I listen like. This, this stuff, and, and again, not to be partisan about it, this stuff happened to Stephen Harper all the time. It happens to Doug Ford all the time. It happened to Justin Trudeau. It happened to Jean Chrétien. I actually, like, Canada is a relatively peaceful country, and, you know, I think he did that to change the channel, which is a politician's tactic for, you know, not I don't cover what I'm going to say in a bit, but cover this instead. And he threw sort of some chum out in the water for the media sharks to, 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 to chase, and some of them will do so, but mm-hmm. I got to tell you, I was I couldn't believe what I was saying. And for a public official that isn't a cop or a security establishment, um, you know, sort of a professional, to use the word assassination based on you know a couple of guys with uh, some some stupid signs outside Parliament Hill, I got to say, I was shocked. Yeah, and it is the soundbite that will get all the attention today, but it's not really what we should be talking about, and that's why I'm so bothered by it, because his testimony um, is damaging. He was in some of these meetings where Jody Wilson-Raybould said, and this is according to Rob Fife, Bob Fife, who's been writing about this, and apparently he was called a liar today by this same uh, Mike Warniak, um, basically she says that she was pressured. That's coming out from sources of, of Bob Fife. And this, um, this you know, public service uh, employee who was in some of the meetings said, yeah, no, that did not happen in any which way. So they're friends. They've known each other for a very long time. So he kind of threw her under the bus, no? Uh, well, I, I got to say, after today, we, know what, we now know what happened. If there's one thing Warnick's testimony did, it clarified a lot of what's happened. So we now know the what and we know the how. Um, what we what there is is a disagreement. It looks like on whether or not it was pressured. So let's just go through the timeline because I think it, I'll go really yeah. quickly. September, they make a decision. They're not gonna they're not gonna give this special deal to SNC Lavalin. Then in December, SNC Lavalin starts cranking up the pressure. In early December, um, Jerry Butts meets with with um, the minister to sort of say, hey, there's a lot of jobs in Quebec at stake. We're not pressuring you or anything, but you might want to have another look at this discussion or decision that you made. Mm-hmm. And then. December 19th, the clerk of the Privy Council goes to have the same kind of discussion with the minister. And so I, I ask myself, if I'm on the other end of those discussions, the prime minister sent his key advisor, his key sort of public service advisor, and his key enforcer over to talk to me. And maybe, maybe you might want to have another look at this, Jody. What, what constitutes pressure if not that? And the, the other problem that we've got is um, we've got three men now, the right. prime minister, Jerry Butts, and Michael Warnock all saying we didn't pressure her. We we had sure we had vigorous discussions. It was a big debate, uh, but you know we were just telling her our point of view. And one woman saying, "It looks like I felt pressured." And I just don't understand the jeopardy that the liberals the, that the liberals don't see the jeopardy in the positioning of that 
of that disagreement. Well, there are a couple of, of ways you can play this one. I mean, A, they're counting on her not saying anything, and we will find out, I guess, next week what she will and won't say, because everyone's speaking for her right now. Yep. Uh, so they're counting on her not saying anything. But I think they've backed themselves into a, in a, in a corner because they are, are counting on this story going away, but they seem to have opened up, I think, many, many more uh, cracks a, a, a in the storyline. And they're also counting on nothing else coming out from Bob Fife on anything else. Well, and here's, here's what we've learned in this story. Uh, I don't know who Bob Weiss's sources are, but I think that we can assume that they're pretty close and pretty supportive to Jody Wilson-Raybould. Yeah. Every time he's come out with something, and every time PMO or, um, or you know, PCO, I guess, for goodness sakes, has called him a liar, um, you know, those sources crank up again and give him some more details. And so uh, I think that's the big strategic error they're making. You know, it's funny, earlier in this week, they were putting their arms around her. Come on, Jody, come on back. It's going to be okay. Maybe we'll get you back in cabinet. Um, you know, come to the cabinet meeting. Let's air our dirty laundry. The prime minister apologizes to her in caucus. Sorry, we didn't defend you more. That was not what happened today. Today was, um, you know, she's wrong. Uh, everybody's wrong. Uh, we're right. And if my the last couple of weeks have taught us anything, it's when you call, call her out, um, she seems to respond. Right. And again, all of this can be easily remedied. I mean, we could have been finished with this story two weeks ago if she just said yes or no to yeah. one very simple question. Is yeah. Bob Fife's story accurate? Which I think, she's, I think she's enjoying the, uh, the uh, let them die on the vine here. Well, and apparently they want to die on the vine because they keep talking. So you've got Mr. Trudeau constantly coming out. You know, when you worked in Stephen Harper's office, I mean, the last thing, he didn't need protecting because he would have, he was a far more skilled politician, as was uh, Mr. Chrétien, as was Mr. Martin. But I think this is what we're starting to see is that, you know, Mr. Trudeau, uh, through his arrogance or naivete, I guess, thought that maybe they could uh, have these conversations and now it's all falling apart. Yeah, and, and, and here's the thing, right? Like, I, I think they didn't really realize, obviously, it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of an issue when you don't realize how much pressure you seem to be applying on one of your ministers. Um, it happens, right? Um, there's disagreements sometimes in which way to go. The problem is there's a legal framework for this one. Mm -hmm. and um, They are not only in political jeopardy, but they're in legal jeopardy. Yeah. I think that's the other thing we learned today. I, was, I actually didn't understand before today just how much legal and ethical yeah. jeopardy the PCO and Michael Wernick, the, the clerk of the Privy Council, is actually in. I mean, he was referencing, I think my, my sort of actions will stand up in an ethics investigation. When's the last time we had the clerk of the Privy Council in an, an ethics investigation based on the advice that uh, he was trying to give to the minister of uh, a minister of the Crown? Right. It's, it's an unbelievable situation. And, and you could see it in his face today. He was angry and mm -hmm. frustrated, mm -hmm. and it was like... He had to defend himself, and that's not a good place for civil servants to be. Well, it's not, and and I think because we, we then slip into the Mark Norman case, which I think is a far more, I think it's actually the more damaging of the cases because that is the weaponized side of this whole thing. Um, and the judge in that, was was she referring then to Mr. Werniak when she said like, so much for the independence of the council? Is that what she was referring to in that case? When she yeah, said, I mean, we, we don't know, right? And that's and, and the problem is both of the cases start to look like an angry PMO and an angry PCO sort of taking out the you know the laundry and and and, and smashing around some of their detractors, whether it's Norman or whether it's whether it's Jody Wilson-Raybould. Um, that's not a good like. And this, this is the thing I think what people um, you got to look back on too is. 
this guy, hashtag sunny ways, hashtag because of 2015, hashtag feminism. Like, this is the guy who said, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to be nice. It was his core, core promise mm-hmm. was, I'm going to turn things around. Harper was a bit of a jerk. I'm going to be nice. Now his office looks like, uh, you know, sort of a, a gang running around enforcing uh, some of the discipline. And it looks, it looks pretty bad when you're, uh, you know, exact, the exact opposite of what you said you, you would be. All right. We'll see where this story goes uh, in the next couple of days because it never seems to to turn out how we think it's going to. But uh, I appreciate your insight. Thank you. I think we'll all be picking up the Globe and Mail over the next couple of days. Let's put it that way. But, yeah, I agree. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thank you. That is Jason Leader chatting with us tonight. Here on Point, I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.